Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. I want to welcome you to this podcast. And today we're going to be talking about controlling your thought life. And we want to talk about tools to help you control your thought life using the scripture verse, Philippians 4, 8, which says, finally, brethren, think on these things. <clears throat> Each one of us has more than 10,000 thoughts a day. I've heard some say you have 20. I've even heard some say 30,000. I don't think we really know how many thoughts that we do have each day, but we do have a lot. And most of these thoughts are fragmented thoughts only be to be interrupted by another. And we pay little heed to those thoughts on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And if I were to ask you, what were you thinking 30 seconds ago? You may be hard-pressed to tell me. And then if we add to the confusion of this, if you didn't get a good night's, a full night's sleep last night, you would even be less likely to remember those thoughts. While we sleep, our thought life has to be refiled, so to speak, back into our memory bank, only to be reopened with the right promptings at a later date. Our brain kind of take it like a computer for simplicity's sake. So let's look at our thought, our thought life like the hard drive of a computer. So if 10,000 thoughts are opened up uh, out of our hard drive in our brain each day, plus we add what new things that we have learned during the course of that day, this adds to our memory bank, and each of these thoughts become like files that need to be properly stored somewhere in our brain. While our brain goes into a deep, rapid eye movement, which is REM, R-E-M, REM sleep, our body does the work of restoring itself. However, our brain is still actively sorting out these thoughts that we had the day before. And so if we did not go to sleep that night, it would be like taking all of those files from the day before, and now if you didn't sleep the night the, uh, last night, now you got today, and you're taking all of those files for two days, bringing then your brain to the point of exhaustion. And you see, somewhere along the, brain, along the way, our brain has to do a sort of filing. But because of lack of sleep, it would be like if you took those files and you, you just shut off your computer without closing any of the files. Nothing would be in order and your brain would be in a state of confusion. Therefore, it's imperative that we get the proper amount of sleep each night so that our brain can categorize our fi uh, and file our thoughts properly away. Each night, one by one, 
those files are being carefully categorized and filed in its right place, ready to be reactivated when the promptings or need comes at a later date. Could be the next day, could be uh, the next week, next month, a year later, maybe even many years later. But since our brain is like a computer, the longer we live, <laughs> the larger hard drive we need because our memory bank keeps expanding and grows over the years. As such, the more sleep we require depends on our body's needs to restore itself and for our brain to file all the data throughout our lifetime. That requires more sleep. And the more data it holds, the more sleep will be required to sort out those thoughts that um, to get them back properly into our memory bank. While we all dream almost every night, not remembering most of them, dreams come because of a variety of reasons. How often have you had a goofy or strange dream and you wondered, where did that come from? It can be comforting to know that most of those dreams consists of mixing up one event after another and it, as it's trying to file itself away and it just kind of makes into a crazy dream. But simply put, our brain is trying to categorize our thoughts from yesterday into files and often they got a little mixed up in the process of categorizing it back into its proper place. <coughs> Another reason for strange dreams could have come that you had some spicy food that was kind of tearing at your stomach and it was upsetting your filing system to bring on some sort of strange thought out of the past and that happens. But a dream could also be God talking to you. While hearing the voice of God does come in a variety of ways, this podcast centers primarily on our thought life. So if God is trying to get our or, um, um, get his attention to you through a dream, he will confirm it to you. And then God will show you your part in this dream. In other words, why did God give you specifically that dream? We need to ask. What does he want your response to, uh, response to be concerning that dream? This I'll say. Whatever you do, don't try to conjure up some sort of interpretation of a dream and then claim it to be from God. When it is from God, you will know it. Satan is well aware that our mind is the area of success or failure in our life because this is where our battles are fought. Then that brings two questions. Can Satan read my, my thoughts in my mind? Can Satan put thoughts, his thoughts, into my mind? So let's address the first question. Can Satan read your thoughts in your mind? Well, we've got to remember, Satan does not live within you. Thus, he, ha <clears throat> Excuse me, he has no capacity to read your thoughts. 
There's nothing in Scripture that would indicate that Satan could read your mind. Remember, he is not omnipotent, meaning all-knowing. He's not omnipresent, meaning everywhere at all times. Satan is simply a fallen angel, and he can only be at one place at, at one time. He does, however, have a host of spiritually wicked angels roaming the earth and in the heavenlies under his control. Some of them are continuously watching you. Just like you have angels watching over you, Satan also has his fallen, fallen host watching over you as well. Even though Satan does not know what you are thinking, having no ability or capacity to do so, you and, and everyone else are still creatures of habit. We all have our weaknesses that we have modeled many times over in our lives throughout our lifetime. Satan and his hosts know exactly how we respond to all situations because his angels, probably one, one, two, or I don't know how many assigned to us, they see what we do. They see and hear what we say and the things in which we listen to over and over. And even with our eyes, our eyes can be an expression of our emotions and our mannerism. They're very predictable. So does Satan have the capacity to put his thoughts into our minds? Absolutely he does. Satan or any of his hosts work overtime to fill our mind with negative thoughts. They feed on our weaknesses using every device that they can to plant these negative thoughts in us to further our weaknesses. Let me read John 13, 2. It says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that he should betray Jesus. The devil put that thought into Judas. <clears throat> Acts 5, 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? So here we see it again. Satan filled the heart of Ananias to lie to the Holy Spirit. So Satan and his demonic host they can put some of the most outlandish thoughts in us that we could imagine. You may often wonder, where did that thought come from? And how you respond to those thoughts can be vital to your success in life. And if you accept those thoughts as Satan plants within you, you meditate on it and you feed on them, they're eventually going to become part of your own thinking pattern. And since we usually put our thoughts to speech and then to action, we are in danger of bringing on our own destruction. But the Lord knows our thoughts, and he most certainly can put his thoughts into our mind. 1 Corinthians 2, 11, 12 says, 
For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So as believers in Jesus, the Holy Spirit does live in us, and God knows our thoughts through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within our spirit. And as such, he searches our most inner being to know our every thought, as well as give us the ability to overcome negative thoughts that Satan or any of his hosts would try to put within us. So when we pray, using the authority in Jesus' name, what we are doing is giving power to our prayers to defeat Satan and his host. And when Satan puts negative thoughts within us, we all as believers have the power to defeat Satan and his hosts. <clears throat> Science tells us that we have grooves in our brain and they form like ruts, so to speak, based on our thinking pattern. So using these ruts as an analogy, let's just say you are prone to negative thoughts and those thoughts they may have started with a bad remark. Someone said to you, even way back when you were a child, well, repeated enough times, those thoughts create grooves like in your brain. And since we are creatures of experiences and habits, said enough times, those ruts become very deep and part of our own thinking pattern. Now, let me give you some um, a variety of scenarios. Let's just say you were teased as a child for being fat. It really doesn't matter whether you were fat or not. See, those words are spoken and instilled in your mind. You then began to meditate on those thoughts to where every time you looked in the mirror, you saw yourself fat. Again, you may or may not have been fat. Then to add more fuel to that problem, Satan already knows you are sensitive in that area, then he puts more negative thoughts in your on your mind, and then off to the races you run. You then run the risk of overeating to solidify those thoughts into a reality, and as you do, those ruts just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Another scenario, maybe you were abused as a child and it continued over and over throughout your growing up years. Those thoughts related to those abuse, those abuses have left deep ruts in your brain and each abuse made the ruts even go deeper. Another scenario. Maybe you were unpopular as a child and you saw the popular kids grouped together, leaving you out. And as that continued to happen, you felt unloved, ugly, and unpopular. And those feelings, they became ruts in your brain. And the more it happened, the deeper the ruts became. 
Satan used those situations to plant further negative thoughts in you to appoint your response to others then became filtered through those ruts. You became super sensitive toward rude remarks. And when they came, your mind automatically went off in a spin, thinking the worst of them and pity toward yourself. <coughs> the more negative ruts you have in your brain, the greater the battle you face, even today. Because your continuous neg negative thoughts created a life of ne uh, negativity, you now le live the unhappy life you once feared. And you have taught others to leave you alone in your unhappiness. But let's just say you were raised in a loving, happy family where you felt loved at all times. And because you lived a life of love, you became well-liked by others around you. And you had and you still have a lot of friends and good experiences in life. Now, you still have ruts, but those ruts that go just as deep, those ruts are different. They are filled with good emotions. And as you think, you automatically look at the positive side of life. And so if someone says negative toward you, you just roll it off and you continue on. Now, we all have good ruts and we all have bad ruts that are running through our brain. God, however, wants us to learn the things of him to change those negative ruts in, to conform to his will. And then and only then will true happiness come into our lives. As Romans 12, uh, 2 says, be not conformed to this world but be transformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <coughs> God's perfect word needs to become a part of us. Our ruts and our brain need to be full of the word of God instead of all these negative experiences that we've had in life. And we need to come to a point where everything we think is filtered through God's word. We need to learn how to meditate on God's word throughout our day. So then let's look at the word meditate. It means to ponder, imagine, think, mutter, or talk to oneself. And as, as crude as it may sound, let's compare meditation on God's word to a cow chewing its cud. Over and over, the cow chews, swallowing it, digesting its food, and within a short time, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that same food is regurgitated back up, only to be chewed and swallowed and digested again. Nine times a cow does this and for every morsel of food that is eaten. And so the cow literally spends the day chewing, swallowing, digesting its food. And when it's completely digested, then it becomes a part of its body. 
to override the negative carnal thinking that goes on in our brain each day, we need to do the same thing, so to speak, as a cow does with her food, but our food needs to be the word of God. So as we chew on God's word, we ponder and we imagine, we think and we mutter and we talk to ourselves what we just learned from God's word. We mutter the word of God over and over again in our minds. While we may shortly swallow and digest what we learned of God's word, we purpose in our heart then to have what we learn come back to our minds throughout the day. And as it does, we again chew, meditate on what God is telling us, speaking it out, even out loud, ponder it over again, swallowing and digesting what God is saying to us over and over again. In Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, what it's saying, leaving, leave out of your mouth where you never, it, it, it's gone. But you shall meditate in it day and night so that you may observe to do all that is written in it. So this is that meditating. And you may for, um, leave it for a while during the day because after all, we all have things to do during the day. But then it comes back to our memory. We meditate on it again. And it says, when you meditate on a day and night and then you observe to do all that is written um, in it, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Throughout the day, we purpose to meditate on God's word until it becomes a part of us. In this way, we are overriding those bad ruts that Satan has fed into our minds throughout our life. And as such, we need to form new ruts. And when we do, those old negative ruts will start to level out, level up, level as the good ruts then of God's words is formed and then new ruts are being formed with the word of God. And again, meditate means to mutter over and over again throughout the day of the word of God. So then how do we discipline our thoughts toward the word of God when it is so natural for us to follow the negative deep grooves in our brain, after all, we, uh, we've been conditioned to think that way. But remember, God created us, knowing what Satan can do, and we can defeat him. And, and to defeat him, God has given us a way to protect us from those thoughts that have plagued us for so long. Let me read what Second um, Corinthians uh, ten three tells us. Here, I need to look it up in my Bible. Okay, it's not loading on my machine. So, okay, so Second Tim, Second Corinthians. 10.3, for uh, we walk, for we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought, here it is, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your disobedience is fulfilled. We can take every thought captive, every thought. So then, if that is true, what do we do with our thoughts? Did you know that you have the God-given ability to stop any negative imaginary thought that has been a part of your life for so long, even in the middle of a thought. God would not have told you to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ if he didn't give you the ability to do so. You see, that very moment that you realize you are thinking a negative thought, replace it with something that the Word of God tells you. Take a promise of victory and repeat it over and over again and turn those thoughts around to work in a positive direction for you. To begin with, you know, it may take you a while, may take you half an hour, 45 minutes, even an hour before you realize, oh, I'm thinking negatively. And then to shorten that time, ask, pray and ask God to show you sooner and he'll remind you. And then you can take action to stop those thoughts immediately. I used to, years ago, I would get those negative thoughts and i go, I'm going to have a pity party and I'm going to have it for 15 minutes and then I'm going to quit. Well, I've learned I don't even have to do that. I just ask God to show me and I can get out of that right away. So as often as Satan tries to put negative thoughts in you, the more aggressive that you have to, you have to become. Uh, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. There we go. Meditate on those things. As often as Satan tries to put those negative thoughts in you, you have to be aggressive. Take those thoughts captive immediately, just as soon as you recognize it. So then think, which means to mutter, 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 and the problems um, are on God's word, and then what you do is set your mind on the things of God. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, what is ever of a good report, think on those things. Set your mind on the things of God, his promises, his blessings, his kindness, his goodness, faithfulness, and every wonderful thing he has provided for you. Think about the answers and the problems will be left behind. But if you think about the problems, sadly, your answers 
will be left behind. Let me read that again. Think about the answers and the problems will be left behind. But if you think about the problems, sadly, your answers will be left behind. Because your mind has been so trained to think negatively, speak the positive things of God, even though your mind may want to tell you differently. In time, your mind will begin to think God's way. When you speak, whatever it may be, your ears hear what you say. As such, you need to continuously speak the word of God out loud so that your own ears can hear what you speak. Faith in anything else that we need to plant within us comes by hearing and hearing. Remember, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is where faith comes. When you speak it over and over and over again, hearing it over and over and over again, eventually it drops down in your heart. Then what you believe in your heart will become a reality. That's the promise of God, and I can vouch for that. There's 168 hours in a week. Remembering that each day, if we think a minimum of 10,000, maybe 20,000 thoughts, and if our thought life does not line up with the Word of God, that means we need to dedicate more time to changing our thought life. So then as we meditate on the Word of God day and night, and purpose to do what God is showing us in His Word, our life will begin to change. And what was once a negative thought becomes changed according to the Word of God. Our whole thinking pattern becomes more like Christ. And then we can claim 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Meditate on the Word of God. Act upon what the Lord is saying. That is our key to a prosperous and successful life in Christ. Again, Joshua 1.8. I'll close with that. Do not let this book of the law, meaning your Bible, depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The NIV version. There we have it. That was a good word today. And so, uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy uh, what you heard today, and we'll go into the next podcast, and I hope you will join me again. But you've got some things to think about this um, uh, after listening to this, uh, don't you? And so, until we meet again, this is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we will talk to you in our next podcast. Bye-bye.